Hi there. Hi, everybody. It's Cheryl Richardson, and um, I'm here for Facebook Live. I think it's been a week or so, a little bit over a week since I've um, been here, and I'm looking forward to taking your questions like I always do and um, doing what I can to support you with some coaching. It's um, a beautiful day in the Northeast here in Massachusetts, and um, take feel free to take a moment just to say hello so I know that you're here. Hi, Alice. Welcome. And Teresa, welcome. I'm glad you're here. And um, hi, Darcy. Good to see you too. And Jesse, welcome. Welcome. Yeah. Hi, Alexandra. Jess. Sorry, I think I said Jesse. I meant Jess. Hi, Alexandra. Welcome. So um, it's beautiful here today. It's, uh, you know, it's summer, so it's been warm and it's been um, humid, um, but great. Hi, Helena from Sydney and uh, Shannon from Ottawa. Welcome. And Diane, um, nice to see you here. Hi, Anne-Marie. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you're here too. Diana or Dijana, Narelle, Mary from the Pacific Northwest. Oh, wow. We have Narelle from Tasmania. Now, I have actually been close to Tasmania when I was traveling down in the um, South Pacific. Um, God, I hope that's where it is. <laughs> I was there a long time ago. Um, hi, Diane and Robin and Johnny, uh, Janine. Welcome. Uh, oh, and we have another Cheryl Richardson. That's so funny. Cheryl Van Horn Richardson from Kentucky. Hey, namesake. How you doing? I'm glad you're here. And Valerie and Terry. Hi, Terry. Glad you're here, too. Um, anyway, so yeah, it's summer here in the Northeast in Massachusetts where I live. I was just looking out the window and saw a big mama deer in the backyard. I haven't seen her in a couple of weeks. I was kind of nervous and uh, she's out there. We have a big field in our backyard that I keep long all summer long so that the animals can hide and that they, so that they've got enough uh, vegetation to feed on. There's lots of really good vegetation back there. So um, anyway, I am a couple of things I wanted to let you know, and then a couple of things I wanted to talk about, and then um, we will. I'll open it up for questions, and hopefully, we'll be. I'll be able to. Uh, I'll be able to see your comments this time. Last time I did this, I actually could see them. So fingers crossed. Anyway, uh, the self care by the sea retreat was just just went live today. I haven't announced it yet, but I'll let you all know. Uh, it's going to be the weekend of October 28th and 29th in York, Maine at the Stage Neck Inn where I normally hold the retreats. And I'm really excited that my husband Michael's going to do this retreat with me. He does all of them. I mean, each retreat, he will do an evening of intuitive readings, on usually on Saturday evening. But this time, we've decided to do something we've wanted to do for a while, and that is combine his knowledge and experience as a therapist and a coach, but also somebody who gets really valuable and interesting intuitive information with my coaching. And um, I'll talk more about that in another video. I'm actually gonna do a video uh, just about the retreat that I'll send out, but it is live. It's at CherylRichardson.com. Registration is open. We've already had people registering. And um, I was at the Stage Neck today. I had a lunch meeting there and God, it was beautiful. I just love teaching there. It's right on the ocean. You've got the wide open Atlantic on one side and main Harbor on the other. So it's this very quaint new England setting with the romantic 
wild ocean on the other side. So it's, um, it's a perfect place for transformation. And that's what we're all about during the retreats. So that's happening. And I am on my way to Ireland on Saturday. I am going to spend 10 days visiting several places in Ireland. I'm going to fly into Dublin, head south and uh, go down through Cork, Waterford, Cork, Kerry, and then come back up uh, all the way, you know, along the wild way to um, Galway, Connemara. My ancestors are from Ireland and I've never been there. And I'm really looking forward to visiting some of the places that uh, my ancestors were from. You know, my dad was a very proud Irishman. And for my dad and my mother's 80th birthday, Michael and I gave them a genealogy book that was created by um, a wonderful woman named Megan Smolenyak, who is a genealogist. And so I've got these great books that look at the Irish roots of both my mother and my father. And I'm going to get to visit some of the places where uh, my ancestors are from. And I'm really looking forward to that. In particular, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think our history is important. And uh, I'm looking forward to it in light of losing my dad uh, a year and a half ago. He loved Ireland and always wanted to go back there. And so I feel like it's a bit of a pilgrimage for me and for him. And I'm looking forward to seeing, just being on the land, quite frankly. A lot of you who follow me know I'm such a huge fan of nature and wildlife. And uh, I'm just really looking forward to being, just being on Irish soil. So um, I will be posting pictures both here and on ins Instagram. Uh, remember my username on Instagram is Coach on Call. So if you wanna follow the trip and you wanna see where I am and what's going on, I have some interesting places to visit. Uh, I'm traveling with our friends, Bob and Melissa, and also with um, Brian Weiss and his wife, Carol. Brian and I have done, Brian and Carol and Michael and I have done uh, a trip before to Scotland that was amazing. So we all decided to take this trip together and uh, I'm really, I'm looking forward to it. I have a feeling it's gonna be a magical experience. So, uh, well, I'm going without any expectations, which is a good thing. Let me talk about expectations for a moment. Um, you know, expectations. <laughs> I thought about this in terms of my trip. I began to have this kind of um, sense of, oh gosh, you know, I'm gonna go to Ireland and this is gonna happen and that's gonna happen. I'm gonna see the most incredible land and I'm gonna visit, you know, where my dad was from and where my mom was from. And uh, I, you know, I just started to, I noticed myself beginning to have these expectations of what the trip was gonna be like and realize that a lot of times those kinds of expectations where we start to tell ourselves stories in our head about how something's going to be really get us into trouble because in, some time, because in a lot of ways they can be a recipe for disappointment. What really makes life magical and a trip magical and any kind of experience we engage in magical is actually being present for it. Imagine that being present for whatever occurs without having an agenda. I mean, yes, on the trip, we have certain places that we're going to visit. We have places that we're already going to stay, which, you know, for this trip needed to be in place. But I very quickly realized that what I needed to do was go to Ireland without any expectations at all, except to just be there and to be with my friends and to be 
on the land, to be in the country, to be in the atmosphere and the energy of um, this beautiful place, and to just be present for whatever happens. From the moment I get in the car to head to the airport, to getting on the plane, landing in Dublin, you know, walking around Dublin, just being open to the moment. And we can do that every day, whether you're going to work, raising kids, going to the doctor's office. You know, I had to go to the dentist this week to have some mouth, you know, teeth, to have a tooth replaced, uh, to have a crown put on my tooth um, for the first time. It was my first time getting one. And I really decided that instead of having the expectation of it being difficult or painful or uncomfortable, I would just be present. And I actually ended up having the most amazing time. I have this wonderful dentist. Her name is Anne-Marie Clancy. And um, we just have the most wonderful time. As a matter of fact, she texted me this morning and said, I think that's like one of the most pleasant crown experiences I've ever had. And I said to her, well, it was an incredibly pleasant experience for me because I let go of expectations. Because we can have positive expectations like, I'm going to go on this trip and it's going to be life-changing or negative ones. I'm going to go to the dentist and it's going to suck. Either way, if we just show up really looking for the magic of the moment, it's quite, a, it's quite remarkable what can happen. So while being at the dentist, I got to know this woman and the, the gal who was working with her, Paula. I got to know the both of them and um, you know better and we had really interesting conversations in between the work in between having my mouth open and I really liked them and I really um, I really just enjoyed the experience and it was such a powerful uh, reminder that when we are um, when we are actually where we are life can be pretty spectacular and so I am going to go to Ireland without expectations. I'm just going to go and have, um, have whatever experience shows up and trust life. I mean, I think, you know, ultimately that's what I'm saying. You know, how do we trust life? Well, if we have an agenda all the time, if we're trying to control what's happening or what's going to happen or what we don't want to have happen, we're not really trusting life and we're not open. We're not even present, let alone open for the kinds of experiences we could have. If we trust life and really look for, or just be present to what's happening, be present to the people that we're with, to what we're seeing when we look out the window, to what we're feeling when we're, you know, conscious of where our body is. If we're just present to those things, uh, pretty much anything can be a meaningful, I'm not even gonna say, um, I'm not even going to say a magical experience because even that has some expectation in it, doesn't it? But I think that life can be meaningful when we let go of control and we let go of expectation and we begin to really just trust life. Yeah, trust life. Life is trustworthy. <laughs> and we are trustworthy and we are better able to have a powerful experience when we actually are where we are. Imagine that. So anyway, I'm excited and I'm excited to share the trip with you when and where I can, as long as I have wireless service, which I know I will. I have plenty of you from Ireland who visit me here. So I know um, I should be able to share my experience with you. I look forward to that. 
And um, in the meantime, let's just dive into some of your um, questions. So Alice says here, I'm seeing expectations and having fear involved. How do we release the fear? Um, you know, Alice, I always think about the tapping therapies, the tapping on different meridian points in the body. You know, it's, it's a form of energy work. And one of, one, what makes the tapping therapy so powerful is our willingness to embrace what we're experiencing. So instead of trying to get rid of fear, um, the question is, can you love yourself even if you're afraid? And can you be with yourself? Can you be present to yourself even when you're afraid? When we try to push fear away from us, we just give it more power. It's like I always say, you know, dear Debbie Ford used to talk about how trying to resist anything that we're experiencing is like trying to keep a beach ball underwater. Just imagine the energy that takes. And the more you press that beach ball underwater, the more resistance, the more powerful the resistance. And therefore, um, the greater the chances of it popping up and hitting you. Uh, you know, you're not going to have a good experience. So the more we can embrace, even though I'm afraid, and this is the language we, we, would, we would use with tapping, even though I'm afraid, I choose to love and accept these feelings. Even though I feel scared right now, I choose to stand by myself. Even though I'm afraid right now, I choose to love and accept myself. Um, those are words that are essentially, you know, sort of saying to the universe, saying to life, I will be with me through this experience. And there's automatically, uh, the fear will lessen and the stress and the energy, the intense energy around it will start to dissipate a bit just by doing that alone. So, um, hi, Vanessa, who says, I can't wait for you to come to Ireland. I live in Dublin. Oh, well, I am looking forward to being there, darling. Let's see. Um, yeah, I don't have the flu. I'm just getting over a cold. Um, and I'm finally starting to feel better. Thank you, God, because I was pretty sick for a while. You know, I got bit by a deer tick, and I had to go on antibiotics for 30 days. And I think that what that did is, you know, in, although I, while I was taking probiotics, um, it really just sort of weakened my immune system, and I wound up getting sick, but I'm feeling so much better now. Okay. Um, oh, Shannon, thank you for the blog that you're sharing with me about you and your daughter going to Ireland. I will read it afterwards for sure. Um, Susie says, as we say in Ireland, it will be great crack, crack. I don't know how to say that. You'll know what we mean. <laughs> You'll know what we mean by that by the end. Okay. I'll look forward to it. Um, oh, Laura says she brings her dog to the dentist with her. Wow. I love that idea. Okay, so questions, let's see. Next one. Um, Erica says, I just wanted to ask, what's your take on how to deal with a friend I lent money to almost two years ago? She was going through a difficult time and I supported her through it. In hindsight, it was a bad decision to lend her money, but I also got her a job that she didn't take. I now ask for the money back and she just she just keeps offering excuses upon excuses. I'm not sure how else to approach it. Well, Erica, let me take a sip of my kombucha. <laughs> um, you know, 
you probably are going to need to just decide that lending this friend money that you paid for an education. That's how I would see it. And um, just pay attention to, you know, I would ask you, what did you learn from that experience? Well, um, maybe it was the right thing to do at the time. Maybe this person really was in need and needed the money. And for you, you just felt like it was the right thing for you to do to take care of yourself. And that's okay. Um, maybe you realized that you gave her the money for reasons that aren't okay, looking back, in which case you paid for an education about how to think in terms of lending people money in the future. Um, you know, it may very well be that, I mean, if this, you know, I get why you put friend in quotes. If this person doesn't take responsibility, I don't know what the excuses are, but if they don't take responsibility for the, um, for paying you back, then it sort of tells you something about this friendship. It just may be that you don't share values. You don't um, have similar values. And sometimes it's really hard to make relationships work when you don't share, when you don't share similar values. And so it may just be that you need to let it go, um, especially if it's causing you a lot of stress, just thinking about it. Uh, you, you, you know, you, we can't force somebody to give us back something we've, we've lent them. Chances of you doing anything legally are probably difficult at this point. So you probably need to think about what did I learn from this experience? How can I make this decision and this experience? I'm just watching a beautiful blue heron fly across my backyard. I'm always seeing them. How can I make this experience a valuable learning opportunity for me? You helped her to find a job. You lent her money. Is this a pattern, for example? Is this, do you tend to help people more than they actually, uh, you know, do you have give and take relationships? Are they typically one way? I mean, I don't know. I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying, you know, what's the nature of your relationships and what's there to learn? If you were actually paying for an education, what education did you get? That's the way I'd be looking at that, Erica. And I'm sorry that that happened to you. Um, um, Dajana says, I'm so glad you're going live right now. I've been thinking all day of what advice you would give me. Well, there you go. We'll consider this a little divine intervention. I have the opportunity to study medical genetics and molecular diagnostics abroad, which is what I really love and want to do considering I'm interested in rare diseases but I find it hard to leave a friend who is suffering from one difficult, rare disease. I don't want to leave her side. I couldn't work in my country with that faculty. What should I do? Well, I certainly can't tell you what to do, sweetheart. It wouldn't be appropriate. Um, but some of the ways I might think about this is I would, um, if you have, if you're interested in rare diseases, I wonder if there's a way in which you and your friend could talk about you going to study abroad as a kind of tribute to her, as a, um, in honor of her, him or her, or her, you said, you know, in honor of her, and then make a plan to be connected to one another consistently, whether it's through Skype, Facebook, Zoom, email, text, whatever it might be, and planning, you know, a trip back. But I don't know. I'm wondering if maybe you could have a conversation with her and see if there's a way 
that um, a way that you could make this work for the both of you. I can't think of, I don't know, I just can't think of anything more beautiful than you learning about rare diseases and how you might contribute to the healing of them. Um, but you know, it depends on your situation with your friend. I just think you probably want to have a conversation with your friend. Um, don't, I wouldn't try to make this decision in a vacuum on your own. I would encourage you to see if you can include her in it. And I hope that's helpful. And I wish you all the best with that. Um, so let's see other questions. Oh, so Susan says deposit slip tip update. Now this came from a Facebook live that I did last time where I talked about talking about um, wealth and abundance. And one of the things I said is that um, I used to, when I had very little money and I was really scared, um, I used to take a deposit slip and put write out a deposit slip for a certain amount of money and put it on a little altar I had in my kitchen. And somehow the money would show up. So Susan says, I tried your trick of writing out the deposit slip and put it on the piano. I need $10,000 for home improvement and had been turned down twice because of low retirement income. I thank the universe for the money every day. And today I got an email from Amex and I have been pre-approved at a good rate. There you go, sweetheart. I love it. And can I just say, I love American Express. Honest to God, if more places took American Express, it would be the only credit card I would have. Their customer service is so awesome. And now I'm doubly happy because they're giving you a loan, Susan. <laughs> and you know, um, and taking good care of your wealth and doing things like paying back loans on time, appropriately, those are all of the ways that we take good care of the wealth we already have and we send a message to the wise part of us that wants us to be happy and abundant and to have what we need. We send a message to that wise part of us that we're a good steward for more and we open ourselves up for more abundance. So that's fantastic. I appreciate the update, Susan, and um, I'm really happy for you. And it works. So keep doing it, right? Now keep doing it. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's see. Um, oh, yeah. Betsy's talking about losing her dad. Um, says, hi, Cheryl. I'm so sorry you lost your dad. I lost mine too in August of 2016. It was my mom and dad's 58th wedding anniversary. I'm so thankful because I've always had the sense of his presence when a butterfly shows up. Have you noticed signs too? Um, well, one of the things my family and I started doing was um, noticing when pennies showed up. And uh, all of us kids, so there's seven of us kids, and we've all had these amazing experiences with pennies showing up. Although sometimes my dad, hold on a second. Um, I'm still getting over my cold. <laughs> sometimes my dad will send me quarters and dimes. <laughs> but um, I, um, Betsy, was going to the gym one morning and I was really, this was uh, about a month ago and I was really in a tough place. I was just feeling pretty sad. I was missing Poupon, I was missing my dad. And um, I knew going to the gym was a smart thing to do, but I was just in a tough, tough place. And so I got to the uh, parking lot, parked my car, walked into the gym and went to these little like cubby holes we have to put my um, car keys in. And I looked out and there was a penny right, you know, right on the floor below the cubby that I was putting my stuff in. And I smiled and I picked it up and I put it in the cubby hole with my keys and said, thank you, dad and worked out for an hour, finished working out and came out and I felt better. I definitely felt better, but I still was feeling sort of sad. 
And when I got to my car, I went to open the door and I looked down and there was a penny right at my door. It was not there when I originally got out of the car. And I just felt so much better. I felt like, okay, you know, our loved ones are with us. So yeah, I, I get pennies, um, not necessarily butterflies, although butterflies were um, something my dad and I shared. He always sent me cards with butterflies. He sent me, let me see if I have them here someplace. He sent me, um, he would always, from when I was a young girl, he used to send me uh, butterflies. He always said, you're a free spirit, just like a butterfly. That's what my dad always told me. Anyway, um, I hope you keep getting signs. That's great. Let's see. Um, so um, looking, let me just look for your questions. You can just post them right here. Um, so Cheryl Corbin Goslin says, I am pending a serious spinal surgery that is a must. I'm heading into Boston. Seems the more self-care I try, the more anxious I become. Been focusing on radical acceptance, struggling. Well, Cheryl, um, I don't know when your surgery is. There is a book called Prepare for Surgery, Heal Faster. If you go to healfaster.com, um, I used uh, Peggy Huddleston as the author. She's had a number of studies done in hospitals where if you use her process, um, you can heal sometimes in half the time. I mean, it's quite extraordinary. I've used it and it actually worked. My doctors were astounded at how quickly I healed. If you go to healfaster.com and check that out, Cheryl, that will be helpful. Um, I would also say just doing things, this is the karate chop spot, just tapping the karate chop spot and saying, even though I feel so scared about this surgery, I choose to love and accept myself. Even though I feel so anxious about this surgery, I choose to love and accept these feelings. Even though I feel so nervous about having this surgery, I choose to feel peaceful and calm. So notice, um, notice Cheryl, where we are time-wise. We're almost, we're at 625 Eastern anyway. You can go to, um, go back to this video, just forward it to this time and um, write those down and just start saying them. You don't even have to tap the spot, just start saying them. Even though I feel really scared about this surgery, I choose to love and accept myself. Even though I feel really anxious about the surgery, I choose to feel peaceful and calm. Um, those will actually automatically help the body's um, energy system to calm down. It really works, I promise you. Um, yeah, let's see. Okay, and good luck to you. And you know what, Cheryl, I'm gonna add you to my, um, I'm going to add you to my prayer book, too. Let me write down. Cheryl. I'm going to add you to my prayer book. And i got to tell you, there's pretty amazing things that happen for people when they get added in that prayer book. I think I have direct lines somewhere. <laughs> it works. Okay. Let's see what other questions we have before we wrap up for the night. Um, yeah, Tonya says her dad drops pennies all the time. I love that. Um, Wow, Diane says, I said to myself, if she says dimes about her dad, I will be shocked. As I turn to the left of my desk, there sits a dime. Well, sweetheart, my dad's talking to you too, I guess, huh? <laughs> of course, I'd like my dad to leave me $100 bills. Wouldn't that be fun? All right, I'm just kidding. Well, I'm not really kidding. Let's see. Um, yeah, Randy says, I miss Debbie so much. Debbie Ford, talk about Debbie, please. Oh. 
Debbie, you know, the other day I happened to come across some texts that Debbie and I exchanged just before she was dying. Um, I texted her every day and, um, and I do feel her with me a lot and I call upon her a lot. You know, Debbie was so wise and uh, she was a great coach for me. We used to coach each other all the time and I learned a lot from her and um, I feel her with me and Randy, I have no doubt she's with you too. I know she is. And uh, you know, if she were here right now, she'd be saying, she'd, well, let me just say to you, Randy, if she were here right now, she'd be saying to you, take a vacation. <laughs> That's what she'd be saying. Hey, Jerry, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Um, Yasmin says, how would you deal with an endless to-do list? Um, I wouldn't. Uh, to-dos of life, there will always be things to do. There will always be chores to do. There, there's always... It's the real question we want to ask ourselves, uh, Jasmine, Yasmin, is um, how do you deal with being here right now, present in this moment? The more we cultivate presence, the more we cultivate being in the moment, the more we learn to stop, breathe, you know, take a deep breath, feel our body in the chair, feel our feet on the floor, notice where we are, take in the view, see what we see, the more present we become, the more resourceful we are, the more functional we are, and the better able we are to identify which items on that to-do list are truly priorities and which aren't, which ones aren't. Um, I kind of make it a point when I have a to-do list, I look first for what I can just let go of on my to-do list rather than what needs to be done probably has to do with getting older and realizing, you know, we only have a certain amount of time here. And too many people, including myself for many years, make a career out of completing their to-do list. And that's not living, that's doing and completing. And I want you to live. So I'd, I'd, I would actually really support you in practicing more, um, more presence in your life without a, without a doubt. Chris says, I left my job over a year ago, sort of semi-retired. I got plenty of things to do at home, but I feel so overwhelmed and I'm getting more, more anxious. I'm getting more anxiety that stops me. What can I do? Um, Chris, I don't know what you're anxious about, sweetheart. Did you choose to be semi-retired? Um, are you overwhelmed by too many of the things that you have to do at home? Um, do you need to give yourself a break? And if not, do you need to get some support? Like I don't, I, I need more information, Chris, to know what you're overwhelmed by. Um, and anytime anybody says to me, I'm getting more and more anxious, what that tells me is they need to get some thinking and support outside of um, their own thinking. You need, to get, um, you need to get the thinking of somebody else who can support you as you, um, as you sort of talk about how you're feeling and what's going on and, um, and what the anxiety, you know, what's at the root of the anxiety. All anxiety, I mean, I shouldn't say that, that's not true. Often, anxiety is a messenger. 
It's trying to communicate something to us. And usually we can figure out what that is when we have somebody else to bounce it off of. So I would, um, I would recommend that you find somebody that you can bounce it off of. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm just looking to see maybe one more. Yeah. So um, Maria says, recently I've had a lot on my plate. Here we go. There's a theme, right? And have felt like shutting down. What tools do you recommend I try in order to stay present to myself and honor my feelings? I always say this. It's really simple. Set an alarm on your phone for 10 minutes. Sit quietly. Close your eyes. Your mind, your thinking mind, which is not who you are, your thinking mind is going to tell you, you got to get up, you got too much to do, you didn't shut the stove off, there's somebody at the door, you know, it's going to give you every reason in the book why you should, um, why you should get up. And the reality is, you are a soul in a physical body uh, that listens, often listens too much, we, we often listen too much to the mind and not enough to the soul. And the only way we begin to cultivate a relationship with the soul is by getting quiet and practicing presence. 10 minutes a day is all it takes. You do that for two weeks. It's all you need to do for two weeks. Every single day, I don't care when you do it, make sure you're in a very comfortable place. Shut off the phones, set the alarm 10 minutes and do not let yourself get up until that alarm goes off. If you begin to do that, I promise you, you will start to experience presence in your life and you'll start to have, um, Maria, you'll actually start to be able to take control of your day and your life and um, you'll make better choices. When we, when we get quiet and when we breathe and when we just become present, we start to synchronize the left and right hemispheres and we become more resourceful. So um, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I would recommend before doing anything else. That practice alone, I promise you within a week, you'll start to feel a big difference. And by the end of two weeks, it will be easier. You'll probably want to add to the 10 minutes. It'll get easier and easier. Um, okay. So Bernie says, how would you suggest I start a group based on uh, waking up in winter? So that's my latest book. Um, there's a lot of people that are um, doing books burning i mean doing um groups that are reading the book together in groups so here i'm going to give you a little motivation bernie if you um start a group and get i don't care four or six people together to read the book i will visit you via skype or zoom i'll visit your group you can get them all together in your house and once you've all read the book i'll spend time with you on skype or zoom and we'll talk about it together i've done that many times i'll probably do more of it in the fall and um, so if you do that, Bernie, you can send, once you have the group in place, you can send an email to Nicole at CherylRichardson.com and just tell her that you and I met on Facebook Live and that I said I would put a group together. She'll get in touch with me and um, we'll make that happen. How's that? Hopefully that will motivate you. <laughs> okay. Um, Kristen says, normally I'm a sweet person. Uh-oh. Um, at 52, I'm finding myself feeling or noticing that I'm feeling angry much more frequently. It's coming out in ways that aren't necessarily very mature. 
Any tips on learning how to express anger in a constructive adult way? Good question, Kristen. Um, yeah, so we all feel angry now and then. There's nothing wrong with it. It's normal. It's a normal part of being human. And if you've been a nice girl for most of your life, you're going to be pretty pissed off. Can I tell you? I get nervous when I'm around people who are too nice all the time because I know it's just a matter of time before they're going to blow. And usually when we blow, you're right. We're not the adult shooting off steam. We're suddenly the regressed kid and we say and do stupid things. So how do we express anger in a healthy way? Um, some of the things that I do is um, I've some, some of the things I've been known to do, I've gone to a batting cage before and I have um, hit balls. Um, I definitely exercise. It's one of the ways I, I work out hard sometimes. I like lifting. That's a way that I express my anger. Um, I sometimes will, you know, write out my anger. Also, one of the things you can do is if you have a place in nature um, that is, you know, where there's, let's say, a stone wall, like in your yard, let's say, I've I've taken people up before with several dozen eggs and had them scream and yell and smash eggs against a stone wall. Um, it feels terrific and it doesn't hurt anybody, makes a little bit of a mess. So you might, you know, but when it rains, it cleans it off. And, um, you know, that could be something that you could do. I wrote a blog a while back about anger. If you go to CherylRichardson.com, Kristen, and in the search box, type in anger, uh, it will pull up any of the blogs that I've written, and I've written blogs about expressing anger in healthy ways before. It comes up a lot. So I would recommend that you do that, and um, you'll find a whole bunch of them, I'm sure. Um, Natalie says, how do you deal with feelings of grief when they overwhelm you? My mom passed away last month from cancer, and I'm still finding it difficult. Of course you are, sweetheart. It's only been a month. My dad died a year and a half ago, and there are some days where... I just have to have a good cry. In the beginning, I think it is really overwhelming. Um, I was just talking with somebody about this at lunch today when I lost my cat, Poupon, um, last November. I think the first three months, I just walked around in a daze and I cried every day. Um, and, you know, those we love are worthy of our grief. And oftentimes, Natalie, um, Sometimes we just need to be alone and we need to have a good cry. And I want you to know that you will get through this. Like I just needed somebody to say to me, you'll get through this. I know it doesn't feel like it and it feels overwhelming, but I promise you, the more you can allow yourself to cry when you need to. And you know, grief visits in the most inopportune times. I'd be in the grocery store shopping and sure enough, like I'd see, I don't know, a can of peas and it reminded me of my dad. And I would just start crying and I would have to leave the grocery store. But I would because you know what I decided? My dad is worth leaving a grocery store and sitting in my car and crying for a while and then going back in. Or sometimes, you know, I would be having lunch with somebody, especially right after I lost Poupon. And I would feel hit by a wave of grief. And I would just say to the person, you know what? I'm really sorry. I lost my cat. He was like a little soulmate. And I'm really devastated by it. I, it wasn't that long ago. And I get emotional every now and then. It's called grief. So really giving ourselves permission um, is so important. And Natalie, finding somebody who can truly listen 
really listen with presence, not give you advice, not tell you you shouldn't feel that way or not tell you about their own grief experience. Um, but really just be present for your pain. The more you express it, it will move out, it will move through you and out, and you will, um, you heal a little piece each time. I remember many years ago, I was doing therapy with this woman in Brooklyn, New York. I was doing a lot of grief work, Natalie, and um, one of the things she did every time I would leave a therapy session, I was always bawling my eyes out and I had, and she would give me boxes of tissues and I had tissues everywhere. And at the end of every therapy session, she would have me gather up all the tissues. She'd give me a little plastic bag. I would put it in the plastic bag and she would say to me, when you leave here, find a rubbish bucket somewhere on your way. I would be walking to, back to my, uh, the train station or whatever. Find a, a rubbish bucket, she said, and throw this bag in. And when you do, say out loud, there's the, you know, I have, I have now healed a certain amount of stuff in my life and it's now gone for good. And it just really trained me to believe that every time we allow ourselves to have a good cry, because we don't really do grief well in this world, you know, especially in the United States, every time we allow ourselves to cry, we heal a little piece of the loss for good. So um, reach out for help, let yourself cry, know that you will get through this. I'm also gonna add you, Natalie, to my, um, my prayer book. And um, know that I love you and I'm sending you a big hug because you know those of us who lose people, it's like we, we belong to a big grief club. And, you, and the beauty of grief is that it really cultivates deep empathy and we care about one another and we understand what it's like to, loot, to, to just feel the pain of loss. And we need more empathy in this world. We need more empathy in the United States, for sure. And um, that's the gift that grief's gonna give you. Yeah, okay. All right, it's late, people, my goodness. Um, yeah, thank you. So Luann says, I just finished reading Waking Up in Winter. It resonated with me and what I've gone through as well. It made me smile because it made me see that going through this questioning is very normal at this phase in life. Luann, it's exactly what I hoped for. You know, when I, when I took the risk of publishing a journal, a journal that had already been written, at the end of it, I just thought, you know, if, if, if one person can read this and think, okay, I'm normal, it's okay. It's all right to be lingering in limbo. It's okay to question my life. It's okay to just reevaluate everything. Um, if it could bring that kind of peace and comfort, I would be a happy girl. <laughs> and um, I appreciate knowing that it landed for you in that way. I really do. Okay. All right. You know what? I'm going to say, um, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say blessings to all of you. Remember, as I said, the um, self-care by the sea retreat registration is now open. I haven't announced it yet. Excuse me. <laughs> but I'm going to. And um, I'm going to this weekend. I'm going to do a little video about it in this week's blog. But um, if you'd like to join me, I'd love to have you there. It's a really special experience. And I'm very excited to have Michael there with me. He's a pretty special guy. It's really wise and um, pretty intuitive. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens when we're all together. All right, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope that um, you have a beautiful week. I'm going to be in Ireland next week, so I won't be doing a Facebook Live, I don't think, unless I do one from Ireland, which is possible, you never know. 
Otherwise, I'll see you um, in a couple of weeks when I'm back. Okay? All right. Lots of love, everybody. Thank you so much. Bye.